Be Frank Network. Content on this production is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It is not medical advice, nor is it intended to substitute medical treatment or diagnosis. Seek medical help if you believe that you are suffering from a mental illness or are a threat to yourself or others. By using any or all of the information provided, you do so at your own risk. Any application of the material is at the listener's discretion and is his or her sole responsibility. Hey everybody, Doc Bryan here. Some of the greatest people that I've ever met in my life were people with disabilities. Whether those disabilities be mental or physical, they're just great, wholesome people. Now, over the last couple of years, the stigma of not just mental health, but persons with disabilities has kind of lightened up. And there has been more awareness that has been brought to the table. There's a young lady here in my church named Leah, and she is one of the most kind, encouraging people that I've ever met. She has Down syndrome. And she just, I know beyond anything that she loves me and she would do anything within her power to help me. Yesterday at Luke's birthday party, there was a young man that is in his class, seven years old, and he's confined to a wheelchair. He has difficulty speaking and he can't really use his hands. He can't walk, but he is the kindest little seven-year-old boy and he just melts your heart. I think that as people who care, we need to be more aware of those around us. We need to educate our children, and some of us need to be educated ourselves that they are no different than we are. And as a matter of fact, I think most of the time they love bigger than some of us do because they realize the blessing that they have of just being alive. So let's educate ourselves to see that we can do better and we can love more than ever. Everybody, Doc Bryan here and welcome to Doc Talks. We talk about people's troubles, trials, tribulations, and hopefully triumphs in life. As many of you may know, today is National Down Syndrome Day. And so here with me, I have Dave Dallas and Raul Dallas. Guys, it's good to have you with us. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And so, Dave, you're the star of the show today. Uh, and and so tell us about you. What is your favorite thing to do? My favorite thing is playing games, play guitar, write songs. Write songs and have girlfriends, That's of course. Right. Yeah. Can't leave that out. Dave, uh, of course, has Down syndrome, which means he has an extra chromosome, so he's better than everybody else, of course. Extra special. Yeah, extra. Right about um, that. So, Dave, uh, tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up at home. I love it, and I love my parents so much. Yeah, and they're sitting in here with us today. Uh, they said they were they didn't have anything to say about you, so which was kind of hard to believe, you know, being as extra as you are. I am. I'm the special kid in the house. Yeah, I, special I'm, kid. Yeah. So, so, uh, uh, if you would kind of just, I'm sure most of our litness, w- listeners have a general understanding of what Down syndrome is, but can you just kind of run us through that? Sure. So, uh, scientifically, it's called trisomy 21. So, on his 21st chromosome, he has an extra, extra chromosome. A lot of their facial features appear to be the same. So, across the board, someone with Down syndrome is going to have, uh, you know 
somewhat of a relaxed type looking face. And that's no matter what ethnicity they are. So they all carry that same characteristic. Uh, even medically speaking too, some of them carry the same medical problems they may have throughout life. Some problems with sleep, maybe sleep apnea, even problems with their heart or problems with various parts of their body. Like Dave, uh, growing up, he had an issue with his uh, skull attached to his spinal cord and had to have surgery to correct that twice. So it, it, it comes with different ailments uh, than somebody who doesn't have uh, Down syndrome or trisomy 21. Uh, but where, where he may have issues, medically speaking, he makes up for it, you know, a hundredfold in personality and drive and outgoingness and any other ness you could think of that's a positive adjective. Gotcha. So Dave, uh, being in the house with, you have two sisters, is that right? Two brothers? Yeah, one Three brother. sisters. How many sisters do we have? We have three sisters. Okay. And then how many brothers? One brother. All right. And how was that in the house with one brother and having to deal with your sisters? There are, I can say, um, I love them very much. Okay. I'm not going to say anything about them. <laughs> okay. All right. And so going to school, how was that like for you? Um, I done with school. I done with them. Now I got two jobs. Got two jobs. All right. Because uh, you got to make all that extra money. That's right. right. That's right. So uh, let's let's talk about elementary school for a minute. Okay. What was elementary school like? Did did you fit in? Were you sociable? What was that like? I didn't know about that one. <laughs> it was okay. a long time ago. Did you did you have friends when you were in school? Yes, I have. How many friends do you think you had? Like three or four of them. Like three or four of them? Mm -hmm. What about when you were in, remember, in elementary school? Got a few. You had friends there? Mm hmm um, What about in high school? Lots of friends. Lots of friends in high school. Mm-hmm. So you kind of grew in your in your friend circle to just more and more. And now, of course, you have everybody in North Little Rock knows who you are and loves you, right? Yes. Yes. And so uh, you said you have two jobs. What do you do? I, I work at McDonald's. I work at, yeah, I work maintenance at McDonald's. Okay. And I work at the Hawk store, Harmony Game Day. And I'm a sign flipper. A sign flipper and a dancer. Right? That's right. That's right. So a paid entertainer. He's right. he's paid to shake his moneymaker. Wow. And, and if you're paid, that makes you a professional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're, you're a professional dancer sign holder. That's yeah. right. So, uh, Raul, tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up in the home with Dave. Um, as far as uh, we kind of discussed discipline the other day, what mm -hmm. was that like? So I, I, I guess, and, and I won't sugarcoat it because my parents are here. Um, <laughs> I won't. You know, growing up, uh, one of the, the, the first things that we quickly realized and were made to realize is that even though Dave is the way that he is, you know, he has Down syndrome. So obviously there there's an obvious difference between Dave being a biological sibling and then the three of us who did not have Downs, uh, that he was going to be treated just like everybody else, except when his personality started to develop. I mean, he was he's a cute kid, you know, and even now he's a cute adult. But I, I saw you kind of choked to have to say that he it, it, yeah. I'm I'm. I love him. I love him. We'll <laughs> we'll agree to that. I love him. But he, uh, but no. Growing up, it, it was it was interesting watching his personality develop because he could essentially talk his way 
out of anything, charm his way out of anything. Uh, so although he was disciplined, I think we probably got it a little bit worse. And of course, he's the baby of the family. Uh, biologically speaking, my little sister who's in here too, she also has Down syndrome. Uh, she was the new addition to the family. I was overseas and came home to a brand new sister that had Downs. Uh, but Dave... I mean, it was just, it was a little bit different. He was the baby of the family, so he wasn't treated differently because he had Downs. He was the baby, you know, mm -hmm. baby Dave, little baby Dave. Kind of like uh, the little pudgy cherub you see <laughs> floating around when someone's in love. I understand. Yeah. So um, you said that he kind of could charm his way out of things. Could he charm his way into things as well? Oh, totally. Yeah. He could charm the pants off of anyone. Um, we'll go ahead and give a quick story. So my parents are here. So they remember this, uh, two separate occasions, one of which, uh, took place at the, uh, uh Little Rock national airport. Um, he somehow managed to, uh, wiggle his way past the person checking for tickets at the, the door. And this was years ago. So this was pre nine 11, you know, pre COVID and all this other stuff. This is when you could literally walk down to the terminal when someone was getting off an airplane and, you know, hug them instead of waiting, you know, 17 minutes for them to walk down our small airport. Uh, but he managed to make his way on an airplane. Plane is about to take off before they realize we have an extra kid on this airplane that doesn't belong to anybody. And then they had to turn the airplane around uh, to come all the way uh, back to the uh, to the gate. Uh, so that one was fun. Uh, the second one was an hours-long search for Dave uh, that started at our local mall here in North Little Rock. And uh, after police were involved and, you know, thinking, you know, there's somebody who's probably going to demand a ransom for this <laughs> cute little kid that they're they're holding on to. Uh, he was actually at a table in a cafeteria talking with a bunch of older people. So they had bought him food and he was just chilling. So there's no telling how much food he ate through the course of the hours we were searching for him. But he was down there. You know, with uh, with the Golden Girls, just yeah. you know, they were they were they were <laughs> treating him like a king. He was the center of attention. Well, and and, and I know that you're a police officer or I am. A investigator. I'm, I'm a yeah, currently uh, in, uh, assigned to the investigations okay. division. So you're a detective. I am. Which, when I was a police officer, we called them defectives. <laughs> uh, but also, your dad is. A was a police officer, retired now, I, I believe. Retired law enforcement yeah. and still currently in law enforcement. Okay, so yeah. how did that work once Dad found out that Dave? was missing because I know I would have gone crazy. You know, well, we would have called in the Calvary. Yeah. You, not to say that it happened so often, but uh, I mean, there wasn't there was never like a, a sense of scare. It was kind of like a like a giant game of hide and go seek. Like he's <laughs> here somewhere. We just have to find him. So there was never, you know, never one of those those moments. Of course, we had people help him. But, you know, it wasn't it wasn't uh I guess it was just a different time. You know, it was back in the early 90s. Uh, if something like that happened today, I think there'd be a little bit, a, a little bit heightened sense of, sure. you know, kind of panic. But, but no, back then it was, it was fun. I mean, he was notified because of course, everybody in there to include the off-duty, you know, officer working in the mall. Uh, it, it, I don't think it, I mean, he could probably speak better knowing that he was on the other end of that phone call. Hey, Dave is missing again. We're trying to figure out where he's at. <laughs> where is he? I don't know. He's here somewhere. We just have to figure it out. But, uh, but no, I, I don't, I know as a little kid, that's the way I felt. How did you feel, Dave? All the times that you decided to go AWOL and end up with everybody from the senior center down at Luby's cafeteria. Feels great to me. Felt pretty great. What about being <laughs> on the airplane? Bad. That one was scary? Yeah. Do you remember anything about that? I didn't remember all of it. Tell me about it, Dave. I don't I didn't remember. Oh, you don't remember? Oh, okay. 
It was traumatic, though. I think he blocked it out. Yeah. I could tell with that little smirk he has right now, <laughs> that little grin. We, you know, our brains have a way of blocking out trauma. So that could so be that's, it. that's probably what has happened here. You discussed kind of at the beginning of the, the podcast that uh, people with Down syndrome do have some unique type of medical uh, conditions. Being mental health here, I know that I have experienced uh, some clients with down syndrome that went through a very deep, dark depression uh, to the point of where they became nonverbal. Uh, they were very uh, stoic and and would uh, just stay in one place. Have Have you ever experienced that with with Dave or any other uh, uh, other Down syndrome pr- people that you have been around? So I guess a, a little backstory. Um, we've we've been pretty active involved in in support groups and things like that growing up for families that have uh, a child or a family member that have Down syndrome. Uh, earliest memories from that were uh, uh, to a group called Down syndrome Family and Friends, uh, where we would go and and essentially make friends with other families that had somebody in their family that had Down syndrome. It it, it was an environment that you know was kind of like a. Uh, almost like a Sunday school type group. Um, you know, it wasn't uh, biblically led or anything like that. It was just a, a essentially a time for people to come around and talk about, hey, this is going on, or hey, have you experienced this? That was pre-internet. Uh, you know, so now, of course, we have all these different social media things where people can reach out and essentially ask questions or, or YouTube search something and find an answer for something that they may have. So growing up, we we had that. We had Special Olympics, too. So all the friends that I had, even in school, um, I had a, a really great friend, uh, Derek, and Derek, I played with on the playground more than I played with anybody else who would be considered, you know, uh, bunny ears normal, uh, because I knew I knew that Derek and I had something in common. You know, he's at school with a bunch of people that look like me. I'm at home with somebody that looks like Derek, uh, and Derek also uh, ended up having a sister too uh, who didn't have Downs, but but. Seeing the way that Derek was when I played with him, I never experienced anything like that at all. Uh, you know, we we played together. Uh, he had somebody to play with. He wasn't by himself trying to figure out what to do. Uh, similarly, Dave, when he was in school, he had so many friends that crossed so many different like social boundaries. Of course, in high school, you have cliques. You know, it's inevitable. You're going to have the people that play sports, the people who dress, you know, in expensive clothes, uh, the people who may be playing band or the people who skateboard. Dave somehow managed to hang out with all of them uh, and even making friends with them to the point where they're hanging out on the weekends to make little skater videos. I remember him making when he was in high school. As you grow up and, and expand, you know, that that friendship uh, circle that you have, uh, he's had opportunities because of Special Olympics and all these other groups uh, that encourage him and, and you know, let him know that he has ability more than he has disability uh, to do things like Taekwondo, where he's a second degree black belt. Everybody I've met either through Special Olympics, Down Syndrome Family and Friends, and even the Arkansas Down Syndrome Association is they're they're extremely outgoing. And I think the key to that is probably their families getting them involved and letting them be around other people that look like them and around people that don't like look like them that encourage support and essentially let them know that, hey, even though they may look different or there might be something there, you know, somebody who may be outgoing, who has that almost bridled, like, hey, don't talk to to them because they look this way or you don't know how they'll treat you. Being around that many people, he was outgoing before, even more outgoing now, you mm-hmm. know. And, and I think it would be fair to say that over the years, the stigma 
has kind of been removed as to persons with disabilities as well. I, I would agree to that. Yeah. So, Dave, you are a second degree black belt in Taekwondo. That's right. So, so do you remember the day that you earned your second degree? This is a long time ago. I didn't remember it. Okay, you don't remember it. You don't. <laughs> you don't remember it. Uh, well, why are we paying for all these lessons if you don't remember the the high points? I've been in, I've been there for a long time. Okay. All right. What about this? Do you remember, what did you have to do to get it? Lots of testing. Lots of testing? Mm -hmm. What kind of testing do you have to do? Like forms, weapons, and what else? A stream. So, so it's like a, a test to make sure you remember all that stuff. Now I remember now. And then now you remember <laughs> once you once you get your second degree black belt, though, you just wear the belt and go, I don't remember what I did to get this thing. It's, it's lots of practice, Bubba. Lots, lots of practice. Of practice. And he called me by my nickname. If you just heard him, he said Bubba. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's my nickname. Well, uh, but I also understand that you are uh, a gold medalist in the Special Olympics. Is that right? Yes. And what what uh, did you win a gold medal in? Uh, I got first place in bowling, target field, and sapper throw, and... So bowling, track and field, softball throw, and what do we do together in Special Olympics? Oh, yeah, Foxy. Bocce. We play bocce. So we play on a unified team within Special Olympics. They have uh, a different uh, set of competition sports called unified sports. So that's somebody who's an athlete. So they have an intellectual disability uh, partnered with somebody who does not have one. So the athlete has ID or intellectual disability. The partner does not. And you participate on an equal level playing field. So there's, uh, gosh, flag football. There's bowling. Uh, there's unified bocce, teams and doubles. Um you know, different different sports where you get to participate with somebody who who has an intellectual disability. He's my partner, so we've won silver and gold mm -hmm. and unified doubles before at the fall games. At the uh, risk of being ignorant here, can you tell me what bocce is? So bocce is if uh, everybody can uh, close your eyes and think for just a minute. Listen to my voice. It's uh, it's a lot like um, uh, curling in Winter Olympics. So that there's a very long uh, rectangular playing field. Uh, the only exception is instead of throwing a stone to get to the center of the ice, you have a small ball, which essentially looks like a cue ball in, from a pool uh, or billiards is the proper name, uh, that you throw uh, past a certain point midfield of the court where you play bocce. Each team or uh, each person playing has four bigger balls that they have to then throw to try to get as close as they can to that smaller ball called the Polina. The reason it's it's uh, pretty neat playing, especially with somebody like uh, my, my baby brother who has Down syndrome, there is a lot of strategy involved uh, because you could throw – one, you have to know how to throw, where to throw, um, if you're playing on different surfaces, so dirt, mud, uh, grass. If you get to a point where the person who has their color balls closest to the polina would get that number of points, so maximum four. If you throw it, though, and say you're the last person to throw and you run the risk of hitting your ball out of the way or knocking their ball closer to the polina, you know, then what do you do? You know, so that's when you have that dynamic from, uh, you know, a partner where you can say, I don't know if you should. Ultimately, he gets to make the decision on whether he should throw it, not throw it or where where he should throw it. Uh, so it's uh, there really is a lot of strategy. So it's yard bowling. OK, so, Dave, what is your favorite uh, event there at Special Olympics? What is the one that is your favorite? My favorite is 
Tim and my brother, Bachi. Bachi, okay. And so what event do you like the best that you do by yourself? Track. Track, okay. And what was your gold medal in in track? Did you get a gold medal? 50-meter run. 50-meter run, yeah. Well, you can look at me and tell tell I don't run. So uh, some people are made for comfort, others for speed. So mm. I guess you got the speed there. Yeah. Uh, so Special Olympics is is really huge, and it's not just exclusive to Arkansas. So, Dave, how do you feel being around all of these other athletes? They're special. They are special to me, though. I love people coming around, get together, have fun. Yeah, and and uh, there's some kind of event that goes along with that to raise money, which is known as the Polar Plunge that I see you take about every year, mm-hmm. uh, freezing to death. Uh, I think we're all trying to talk me into doing it one time. And I said, I'm not stupid. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not getting in the cold water. Is that something you enjoy doing? I love it. Gotcha. And so what else, uh, Raul, you may help us out here. What else sure. is, is with the special Olympics that makes it, uh, special outside of being the athletes together. So, uh, I mean, it, it's generally the atmosphere. So within Special Olympics, we have the law enforcement torch run. Uh, so being in law enforcement, I participate pretty actively in that. And what the law enforcement torch run is, is uh, we serve dual purposes. We raise as much money as we can for the athletes. And here in Arkansas, roughly 80 cents uh, from every dollar that we raise goes back towards the programs. But we we promote awareness. So if we're not raising money and we do an event, say like the Polar Plunge, where you're getting a bunch of crazy people to do something really good for a great program. If they decide not to donate, they've at least through our videos we make and post on social media or, you know, our, our asks for money. Hey, we, we would appreciate a donation for us, you know, $1, $10, whatever, uh, to jump in this, in this freezing body of water for a couple seconds. Uh, dressed in whatever costume he decides. He's our team captain. So every year he kind of picks what we all wear jumping into the water. But uh, if if we can't raise the money, then we're, all, we're also doing a, a pretty good service in letting you know, hey, this is what Special Olympics is. This is why we do it. Uh, and then, of course, they get a chance to meet the athletes or we invite them to the the activity. Uh, so it's, it's the, the general atmosphere. Uh, it's athletes that are there. Athletes plunge the day of. So Dave is, is, you know, he falls into that category. Uh, and if it's not the polar plunge, it's cops on the coop, which is police officers going to a Chick-fil-A and, and standing outside dancing and asking for money, holding a bucket. It's uh, things that we do on donut shops, cops on tops of donut shops. We do tip a cop programs at steakhouses and other restaurants. So it's, it's, and the biggest one that we have is the law enforcement torch run. We, we essentially carry, just like the Olympics would, uh, you know, a, a torch that has a flame. We call it the flame of hope. And all the police officers that participate across the United States and across the world are called the guardians of the flame. And so in preparation for any sporting event that we have within Special Olympics, we have police officers that carry that flame of hope to signify the beginning of that, the start of that games. And here coming up uh, for the summer games, we'll do the same thing. So across the four corners of Arkansas, different law enforcement agencies will carry that torch to one center point, which is the state capitol. And then from the state capitol, we'll have a ceremony where we invite the governor, uh, anybody else who wants to come. Athletes are there also. And that's the, we call the final leg. So from the capitol steps all the way to Searcy, Arkansas at Harding University, where they host the summer games. 
uh, and it's athletes running, uh, everybody wearing the same T-shirt. So the Torch Run shirt for that year. So it's a really big fundraiser. And of course, you know, you, you can't help but but see a giant mass of people running down busy city streets led by law enforcement and RVs chanting cadence like we kind of did in the military and and essentially, um, you know, being a, a, a moving billboard for inclusion. Uh, which is ultimately the goal of Special Olympics. Right. And and so a lot of these things is to simply make people aware uh, of what's going on with Special Olympics, but also to fund uh, cost for it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Dave, I also, I think I heard you say you play guitar. Is that right? Oh, That's Dave. Right. Yeah. And you sing a little bit and you write love songs to all of your girlfriends. Is that right? That's right. How many girlfriends do you have currently? I can't tell you. You can't tell <laughs> You can't tell. Because if he tells us, I think what will happen is maybe one will be listening to this podcast, oh. Ryan, and we don't want to cause yeah. any kind of strife or turmoil. Right. He has a few. I think we have one that lives out of state. Yep. So it's possible this that she could Vegas grab it. Right now. And then we also have maybe one that lives in central Arkansas, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll, we'll geographically just identify them by out of state. Gotcha. Out of state and, and local. But yeah. no names, right? Yeah, I know one of them. You know one of them? <laughs> Did you forget the other one's name? You know, I, you know from out of state. Oh, from out of state. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I have noticed that whenever you play these love songs on Facebook, that you don't say any girls' names. So, so you're not pinpointing one down so that, you know, all of your girlfriends hear it and think it's for them. Right. right. Yeah. He's a very smart man. Very smart man. Uh, somebody once told me that you need to get a wife that cooks, that cleans, that does your laundry, that takes care of you, but that none of them can know each other. No, yeah, so- don't give him don't give him any <laughs> ideas. We've got we've got two. So you named a couple things. We just yeah, I did laundry. I did laundry. <laughs> I cook breakfast. Yeah. So what he's saying is he's an independent man. He doesn't I, need. He's a wild it. stallion. Mm-hmm. I get it. How old are you, Dave? 32. 32. I got to be at 33 this year. 33. All right. Well, you're just a few years younger than than me. So outside of the Special Olympics, outside of your work, outside of Taekwondo, uh, what is your most favorite thing to do outside of those things? Mm, I, I don't know. Hmm. I love Taekwondo. It's my favorite thing. It's your favorite? Do you have anything else that you like to do? Making songs. Making songs? What about video games? That too. What, what's your favorite video game? CTA. C- Grand Theft Auto. GTA? Mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Uh, does that make you feel like a rebel? Kind of, yes. Yeah. And and how is that feeling like a rebel, knowing that your brother and your father is in law enforcement? I love him. Okay. He, right. he loves it. He's just trying yeah. to figure out different different avenues for revenue streams. That's I, all. I get it. If the music career doesn't work out, then he may just take to stealing cars out. and doing things like that. It's going to work out. Yeah. Well, you know, some some big time people listen to this podcast, so who knows? You might just get a record deal. You never know. Uh oh. Yeah. 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 So, uh, kind of wrapping all of this up, Dave, what would you tell someone who has Down syndrome uh, that may not be feeling too good about themselves, that may be a little depressed? What advice would you give them? I'm going to advise them: get up, get active, stay strong. Stay strong. And uh, they can find you on Facebook, and you'll you'll be there 
their pep talk anytime they need to, right? Yes, sir. All right. That was very John Cena of you. It was. <laughs> it was. Stay strong. Get up. Be active. That was very good. Maybe John Cena will hear this, Dave. Huh? Oh, he will. Maybe yeah. he will. Never know. So, uh, Raul, what would your advice be to a family who may have a Down syndrome person that is in that same situation? I think the the most important thing is to know that there are, there are people out there, there are programs out there uh, that are ready and willing to support. It goes without saying that if, if we don't necessarily know that they need that kind of help or, or we don't know what they're going through, then then there is no there is no way that anybody would know to, to kind of step in and you know, reach out their hand to say, hey, you know, you can come on in. But at the same time, you know, depending on on their environment, you know, somebody may notice that something is going on, like, you know, they their attitude is different, or maybe somebody who just found out that they were going to have a child that has Down syndrome, you know, who may, I guess, think long term, like, what does this mean in terms of schooling and, in you know, in care and, and this kind of thing. Uh, but it's just to, to get involved and get active. So wherever they're at, um, you know, Facebook is a fantastic place to, to start because in their state or in their city, there may be a program where it's, you know, it's no cost at all to just show up, you know, get to know the families that have these people that have Down syndrome uh, in their families. Uh, and at the same time, you know, to give a plug for Special Olympics uh, in almost every state to participate in Special Olympics, it's it's free. Uh, to to participate in the sports themselves. Uh, Arkansas is one of the ones where it is free for the athletes and their families. And within Special Olympics, it's not just sporting events. We hold healthy athlete clinics where they get uh, dental checkups, uh, you know, a doctor to look at their feet, doctors to look at their eyes, you know. So essentially they could get free eyeglasses. They can get free orthotics for their feet if they need those. Toothbrush and dental care, it's more than just sporting events. So I think the bottom line is is uh, to get involved, to get active, and to know what resources there are. Special Olympics would be a great place to start. You know, within that, they could they could network and find other things. So so what I'm hearing is that the community is is where it's at. You've got to be plugged in. You've got to be involved. Much, yeah. uh, which is kind of the resolution to most mental health is to get plugged into a community where there are people like you that are struggling, mm-hmm. that are uh, successful in the things that you do. Uh, and so that's kind of where we're at. And Dave, I, I'm glad that you take a part in all this stuff. And and uh, I'm glad that you are enjoying life. That's right. Yeah. So do you have any last thing you want to say, Dave? I say I love you guys. All right. That's it. The way he signs off with his his music videos. I love you guys. That's good, yeah. Dave. That's yeah. wholesome. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and he makes it exclusive, so it could be any of his 40 girlfriends. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Of course, today is National Down Syndrome Day. Uh, and so we want to celebrate that with all of you. Uh, all right, guys, I appreciate you. No, thank, thank you, you very much. Here. I appreciate hey, it. Thank Thank you for listening today. And as we mentioned in the podcast, one of the biggest things uh, for those who suffer not only with mental health issues, but even those that struggle with with uh, physical disabilities, uh, one of the solutions is community. And so I want to encourage you today, whatever you may be going through, there is somebody who is going through that same thing. And so find community, whether it be a depression support group or uh, a Down syndrome group or, or an autism group, whatever the case may be, there are groups out there for you. If you don't know the resources, we invite you to uh, send us an email. Send me an email, doc, D-O-C, at 
thedocbrian.com. That's D-O-C at T-H-E-D-O-C-B-R-I-A-N.com. Of course, you can always call us and leave a message on our guest line at 910-777-7239. That's 910-777-7239. Of course, I'm Doc Brian. You can find all of my social media information and links at the bottom of my website, thedocbrian.com. You can find us there, or again, you can call us on our guest line, 910-777-7239. Of course, Doc Talks is a part of the Be Frank Network. Check out all of our podcasts there on BeFrankNetwork.com. Thank you for listening today. We love you, and we'll see you soon. Goodbye.